Hi, I'm Reefy Royalty, and you're listening to Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Daniel, and I want to be reincarnated as Chody Foster. I'm Robert, and revenge is better than money. You'll see. And we're here with Reefy Royalty. How are you, Reefy? I'm fabulous. How are you? We're good. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All the way in Queens. Queens and Queens. Queens and Queens, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we've been wanting to have you on for a really long time. Um, So we're finally happy that, you know, we were able to make it happen. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, And so what like what have you been up to? We're like a few weeks or almost a month after DragCon and kind of like the the craziness that is September now with all these things happening in New York. What what have you been working on? Yeah, about a month out. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, what? It's October. (laughs) Sorry. It's been two weeks since I've had my baby. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stop farting. Did you see that interview? No, who's that? Oh, it was Cardi B at the AMAs. Oh my God, really? They were like, how do you feel after your first, uh, this is your first performance since you've had a child. She's like, I'm really nervous and I've been farting all day. And she's like in her gown, like on the red carpet. Um, but that's that's her. You know, she's very honest. She's such a gift. She's a gift. She really is. Yes. You really set the tone for us at Bushwick when you were like, "Have you heard about Cardi B and Lil Kim?" Not Lil Kim. Wow. Nicki you were like, Minaj and Nicki Minaj, and we were like, "What?" And literally like that. That set the tone. Yeah. For Bushwick, because that was amazing. Yeah, it had just happened. I was yeah. Like, what? Yeah, like, and we had no idea until you told us about yeah. it. It was like such a gift. Yeah, like yeah, so thank otherwise you for that. we probably wouldn't have known. <laughs> but um, I mean, you also have Wendy Williams, but yeah, the, well, you should have her on your show. Ooh, no, no, I don't thanks. consume Wendy. <laughs> she she like I don't like her. She's strange to me. <laughs> she was just uh, talking about how she has no idea who Lana Del Rey was because she was talking about the Azalea Banks Lana Del Rey beef, <laughs> uh-huh. and she asked the audience, "She goes, does anyone know who Lana Del Rey is?" And I and like you know, some people applauded and some people didn't. I was like. I don't know. I guess Lana's a bit obscure, but... Um, is she? <laughs> I mean... I mean, she's not like... She's never going to be a Britney or a Christina no. or a Gaga because she's she's a bit more niche than that. Right. Um, it's, I just but find she it, has her market of people who love her. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I just find it odd that Wendy Williams wouldn't know who she is because I think she's mainstream. And, yeah, to me, and you're someone who is like, a, you know, running a, uh, a talk show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... 
it's she's, your it's your job to like have the end about what's what and who's who. She also had that mishap on. Well, it wasn't really a mishap. It was just sort of awkward on SNL when she was on the show and she's performing and just like you know lazily spinning in a circle. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, when they um, made the meme of her just like. I was like, wait, Wendy Williams is performing on SNL. Yeah, that's that's where I thought you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> can you imagine? When you said mishap, I was thinking of no. didn't she like faint or something yes. during one of her shows? She yeah. overheated. Wendy, right? Just yeah. as the Statue of Liberty. Which yeah. goes to show you the state of our country, to be honest. Right, right. <laughs> Even a touch of living can't keep her shit together. Right? She's like, I've had it. I need a break. Yeah. She needs, like, uh, you know, when, like, these actresses check into, like, rehab for, like, yeah. exhaustion. Yeah. That, yeah. She's done. She what do it. you think of that Azalea Banks versus uh, Lana Del Rey I don't think situation. anything of it. At this point, it's like, you're, we're all waiting. You know, every month it's going to be like... You know, today, like, Azealia Banks has a beef with, you know, Beethoven, the dog Beethoven. And it's like, you know, <laughs> like every week it's someone else, you know. And it will be Beethoven probably mm-hmm. or like, you know, the the red M&M or something. Like, <laughs> you know, she's going to be like, call it out for like. Slowly poisoning Garfield. Yeah. Or, lasagna. Some, or yeah. some shit, oh you know. Like, yeah. So, you know. At this point, it's like, oh, you're so talented, but you're not mm-hmm. using. And it's it sucks because she's so talented, and her and she's unlike any other female rapper. Um, but she's just can't seem to like keep her mouth shut, or maybe she needs to hire a publicist. And like, she's staying relevant because of beef, not mm-hmm. because of music. Right. Yeah, right. So it's disappointing. It's disappointing because she was she has potential, and like Lana actually tweeted that she goes, "You had potential to be one of the greatest female mm-hmm. rappers alive." Uh, and they've asked others like she did a song with Gaga years ago that was never released and they asked Gaga about it and, and they're like what do you think of Azealia Banks and she's like you know she's very talented she's got a bad attitude yes yeah. absolutely and it's like damn like the more people you piss off you're just literally going to be a liability to mm-hmm. yourself and your yeah. career you're, ha- you're literally tweeting from your online store's Twitter account yeah. oh my god is that what she's is yeah, that where so she's tweeting Twitter, from Twitter took down her account after she had that whole thing with the kid from uh, One Direction is that the British? Oh yes, yes, oh. yes, yes. The beautiful one. What's his name? Zayn Zayn Malik. Zayn Malik. Yeah. So she was like saying racist stuff to him mm-hmm. on Twitter, and they yeah. like took down her Twitter. Um. So now she's now she goes off on Twitter from like her online stores, like mm-hmm. Twitter account or some shit like that. Oh, is that why it's like cheapy XO? I just uh-huh. assumed that. Yeah, yeah. She changed her name. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot that that she about like, that. Yeah. She like makes handmade soaps. Like you too can own Azalea Banks' soaps. Yeah, or some shit like that. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't, didn't know she this? just come out? No, I did. Didn't she just come out with a line for your ass that she's calling like bussy soap? What? She just yeah. She also like. Released like a thing the other day, like I don't know if it was a tweet or something, but she was like, "Bottom, stop douching," you know, blah blah blah, and it's like, "No, don't tell them to stop douching." <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to keep it clean. She's gonna, she's yeah. gonna cause the only volcanic eruption. Oh my yeah. god, um, she's she proof <laughs> that mental health is not taken seriously in this country. No. Yeah, and and you know, she's young and again talented and and was doing really cool things in fashion and touring the world mm-hmm. and but just doesn't know how to. How to navigate being a an entertainer? Yeah, there's a really interesting mini documentary about her on YouTube. I don't. I wish I remembered the the name of the YouTube channel that yeah. hosted it. Um, but in it, they explore 
the they explore the not the idea but they they basically put out there that her mother suffers from mental from a mental health disorder yeah and it's clear or at least it's pretty clear from what's in that mini doc that azalea has the same issue and is not the same way her mother chose not to use medicine yeah to help her like i guess balance out in a way she's yeah. doing the same thing yeah so i feel like she's very talked disappointing. about it though too where she's like She's talked about her mother being, you know, having like mental health issues, I think. Yeah. No? I don't recall her talking about it. Or she's it. tweeted about it or something. Because she, she always references it when she's tweeting about crystals and candles and, you know, like how yeah. she, you know, relies on. I have no idea what she's doing on social media bes- besides whatever is being released into mm-hmm. the public. I don't, right. I don't like follow her on Instagram. I do, I, I love her music. I often right. mm-hmm. will listen to her when I paint. I'll put her on Spotify or whatever and just paint because I, her music is, is really good to get ready for. And if you can overlook the the madness of her like tweets and all of that, you can kind of really enjoy her music. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I just hope she gets better. Yeah. Yes. It makes me sad. Um, let's talk about you. Okay. <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> um, can you tell us about what it was like growing up where you grew up? I grew up in Jersey City. Oh, okay. So, well, I grew up, so I lived in, I grew, I was born in Jersey, and I moved to Cairo when I was two. Okay. If you don't know where Cairo is, that's in Egypt. Yes. Yes. For those listeners who may not know. <laughs> yes. Uh, because, listen, you never know. So, someone, like, I told someone I was going to Lightball, like, 2017, I think, was the year that I went. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm going to Lightball in, in Vienna. And this person was like, oh, my God, you're going to Italy? That's so exciting. I'm like, oh. <gasps> I'm like, no, no, that's wow. not. You're thinking of Venice. Yes. Not Vienna. Yes. You know, sometimes the girls don't know. Girl. You tell me Vienna, I think of pastries, and then I link Sausage. it to Austria. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? Um, so from Jersey to... So I lived in Egypt for five years. Egypt, yes. Yeah, but only until I was seven. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know, very sheltered. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, growing up in Jersey City in like public schools, you know, I mostly, I went to a school that was mostly like Puerto Rican, Dominican, black. It was mostly like a Latino and black, like urban. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I fit, I'm under the umbrella of like POC. It was like, you know, right. there was like a huge Filipino population, very little um, white people besides like the teachers. Right. <laughs> and my mom who's Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it was very, yeah, it was different. I don't know when I like would watch movies growing up, like you know what you see on TV, mm-hmm. it's always like white presentation yeah. and houses, and we lived in like rent like a you know section eight situation. So mm-hmm. I never had that situation. All my friends had you know they're all brown people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know if am I missing out on something? My like you know. So I always thought that that was the life that I needed, but I then I realized later on and like yeah. that, that that's make believe. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those neighborhoods yeah. do exist, but it's consumption. It's like you know what we're mm-hmm. what we're delivering you is what you should be living. It's like, yeah, like the nine hundred two one zero fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Save, I mean, even you know. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, they had their you token know. like brown person. Yeah, and, you know. So and they had Elizabeth right. Berkeley, who was kind of somewhere in the right. Is she she's like somewhere in the middle. 
Um, I have no idea. She just I, has but, curly hair. Well, yes. <laughs> I think her um, like her story arc was that she was a feminist mm-hmm. yeah. when it wasn't like popular to be one. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't think that they really delved into her. Well, there was always heritage like, or anything. On TV. There was always like you know someone who is like speaking on behalf yeah. of women, and it was like you know. But it was always. I felt like it was always kind of like a tongue in cheek way of mm-hmm. like making her out to be this like. Um, like a angry person, yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And like they always make like, fun of the feminists. Yeah, on, and um, it's like if on they shows. only knew that, like maybe that person was onto something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely, it's kind of like I don't know why you you talking about that reminded me of oh damn, what's the name? Is it She's All That? Right, where they do like the, the makeover, the makeover. Yep. Yeah. And she's like really talented and an smart yeah. and an artist and has feminist leanings, but it's like. Well, you're not valuable until like some guy like makes you over, and makes you pretty. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and it's you like, wear this like right. sexy dress, and you come down. This uh-huh. one's like an iconic, of course, like '90s pop mm-hmm. moment when she comes down the stairs and that "Kiss Me" song. Comes oh, yes, in that chunky sandal. Yes, with that Ooh, like oh that like '90s hair that everyone Courtney Cox had that hair for mm-hmm. a bit. Like yes, that like short, <laughs> the like the weird Natalie and Brulia. Uh huh. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, I'm showing my age here. So. I mean, the thing is, I knew exactly what you're talking I think about. We're all, like, yeah, I think we're all referencing the same mm-hmm. the same year of like, yeah, pop yeah. references. I sent stuff. Robert yeah. up a Natalie and Brulia um, gif yesterday, actually. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and she had the hair. I'm gonna book Natalie and Brulia at Narc Bar. Really? Oh, up. that'd be amazing. <laughs> you got uh, me. Um, so, fun fact: the only reason why I watched she's all that mm-hmm. is because little Kim was in it. Mm. Wait, she is. Little Kim she is, is in it. She has. She's in the whole movie, but she only has one line in the entire film, and is that? And her line is, "What happened?" Yep. Yep. Wait, I didn't know this. Well, actually, yeah. she her second line is at the prom. She goes, "Derek," when yeah. the guy like jumps yeah, into yeah. the photo. Oh, and at the graduation, <laughs> she says, "They're calling you." Um, yeah, and it's because I remember seeing the the poster oh for it God. at my local mall, and I read the cast, and her name was featured as one of the like stars of the movie. It was like yes. Usher Raymond, Freddie Prince Jr., oh Kimberly Little Kim Jones. I was like, oh, Little Kim's in his, I have to see it. Yeah, yeah. And she was brunette in the whole movie because she was supposed to be a high school student, which was not a high school student. She nope. did not look like a high school student. She had not breast implants. Remember the thing in like the <laughs> 90s and early 2000s? All. Yeah. all these like high school students were like in their late 20s. 20s and 30s mm-hmm. and it's like you could not yeah hide that but we're supposed to believe that it was the great are. joke of like of i think teen movies yeah in the 90s mm-hmm. that everyone was like in their 30s playing yeah totally 16 year old like when i watched um when i was in high school and i watched jawbreaker which is like one of my mm-hmm. favorite like high school movies it's like yeah. it's like so the good. legit mean girls yes, yes. Uh, or the darker Mean Girls. I mean... You know, someone's going to, mm. like, call me out tomorrow or whenever they hear the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, you shamed Mean Girls. Yeah, right? How dare you? <laughs> it's not uh, the best. But when I... In high school, when I watched Jawbreaker, or whenever that came out, I was probably in, like, the eighth grade or something. I just thought they were teenagers. But I watched it again recently, and I was like, oh, these are... Like, these women are clearly not 17-year-olds. Like, mm-hmm. Rose McGowan was, like, 29 or yeah. something when she shot that film. Um, but, but yeah, what but movie? I think that's what made them those kind of movies really amazing. It's because they also would cast and they don't make movies like that anymore. But 
at that point in time, they would cast these actresses who had already had a kind of successful career to play these like super mm-hmm. campy roles. Yeah. Um, you know, like when The Craft came out, for instance, like Nev Campbell uh. had already had like an, you know, a career doing television and other movies. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of already had her following. Um, maybe if you're a freak like me who like paid attention to all those actors at that time, you know, um, but now when they remake some of these movies, you have no idea who these people are. They're just mm-hmm. young, pretty people who went on an audition in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. They had a pretty headshot. Yep. And they got cast, but you have yeah. no idea who they are. And there's no incentive to go see the movie except for the fact that you want to see the remake. Nostalgia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they're banking yeah. on. It's not so. It's not like casting people, like you said, you know, who have a following or yeah. who have, like, built themselves up. It's yeah. just like, we want to cash in on... Yeah. On this, well, I think that know? has it has a lot to do with how celebrity has changed, how reality television has changed, what being a celebrity means. Yeah, and you know, you, I mean, I, I hate to put it this way, you have, you don't have to have any discernible talent to be famous today, yeah. oh, because look at the Kardashians. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I wanted to circle back. So you said that Lil Kim was the reason that you went to see Saw She's that. All That. Yeah. Um, was she was she a big source of inspiration for you at some point in your life? She is still to this day not not current little kim but the piece of nostalgia that i hold on to her like david uh david lachapelle days yes um and her like how many lakes and Mm -hmm. moulin rouge and even the hardcore and all the stuff that she was doing at that time was 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 very like monumental for me Mm -hmm. as a little boy growing up you know, watching this woman on the red carpet with a purple pasty and purple Ugh. hair. And it was like, it was because she like didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was no female rapper or any actually in like in pop music who was doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, I mean, to, if you think about it, she was kind of, you know, what we would call like a cis queen or a bio queen or mm-hmm. whatever, which I hate all the terms of drag queen is a drag queen. But yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. She had different wigs constantly, co- colored mm-hmm. contacts, long nails, furs. Mm-hmm. Like it was always uh, yeah. taking music to the next level. Mm-hmm. And she was very ahead of her time. And now she's, you know, she's kind of cooled off of it. But. Um, but that happens. Yeah. I'm still waiting for... I mean, uh, there, there's a rumor that Hardcore 2 is coming out at some point in the near the future. The thing that I've realized with uh, Little Kim is that some people have that power, the ability to really have longevity in music. Right. And even... You know, if Little Kim was to have a small concert today, it would still be packed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With only her fans. The yeah. people who want to go see her. Right. Her people, like, from the 90s, people who have obsessed over her are going to go and see her. You know, I went to... Uh, I was living in London for a summer, and there was this festival there called Love Festival, I think it was, or Love Box. I forget what it was called, but it was a summer, like, outdoor music festival. And, okay. and I never go to festivals. I never go to concerts. But I... Went because the four main headlining performers were Goldfrapp, Little Kim, Khalees, uh, and this other British group called Hertz. And I was like, oh, wow. Goldfrapp, Khalees, mm-hmm. and Little Kim. Amazing. I can't yeah. wait for that. And they all shared the biggest stage, the four of them, uh, yeah. separately on different times. It's kind of like Bushwig, but mm-hmm. right. went after the other. And Little Kim was meant to be... Uh, second to last so right before Goldfrap and I kid you not and I sat there for all four of them because I loved all four artists and 
people knew what time Little Kim's set was. She, she had the largest set time. Like, people wow. people were there. Like, these British kids had, like, Little Kim t-shirts. One girl had the Louis Vuitton, like, when she's naked in the car. Oh, Louis my God. Paint, painted on her. One girl had a t-shirt. Like, people were, like, mm-hmm. waiting for Little Kim. Yeah. And unfortunately, like... 30 minutes had gone by and then they released an announcement saying like due to unforeseen circumstances like so her band was all set up and everything oh. due to unforeseen circumstances little Kim will not be performing tonight. Oh. and people were started throwing things on stage and apparently her publicist like released a statement saying that like little Kim was on site but because she was so late it would have pushed the next artist back oh uh there was like also a rumor that like one of her entourage was carrying drugs or something mm. and like oh. her publicist was like well let us through so we set up her band yeah was, like, this whole drama so she like then told uh went on twitter and like social media and was like to all my fans i'm really sorry come to my hotel and i'll have a meet and greet with you there and like didn't tell the hotel and all like hundreds of people showed up to the lobby oh so they made God. them like they directed them around the corner from the hotel so that she could meet them and take pictures with them because she felt really bad because it was like apparently her first uh back her first time back in the uk in like over 10 years or something like that did you go i went yeah, yeah. i didn't go to the hotel oh, no, oh, because oh. years years prior to that i had seen her uh brandon voss or someone booked her uh at some party in manhattan and i was like front row she did like six songs i was living my life she had the biggest camel toe oh my is this when she did yes. like that birthday i remember she wasn't she doing like a birthday party for some like famous dj or this was like literally like her as like a headlining oh okay because i remember yeah. seeing billboards on the highways of her like at so-and-so's birthday at yeah here or there i don't know i like i feel like she's done that a few times but um sounds, yeah that sounds familiar yeah so yeah, Little Kim is one of my I mean, drag she's, inspiration. She's amazing because like, I mean, I never like followed her music because it just wasn't a part yeah. of like yeah. my, I guess my whatever my perspective, my reality, whatever you want to call as she, it. As she drinks a smoothie out of a Britney cup, right? <laughs> um, but she is. Um, but like, I, I the visuals were really impactful to yes. me because. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I grew up and I understood more about like what the rap world was and you know how she had to like fight to be included and to be taken seriously as a woman in a, in a genre of music and in an industry where she was as a woman would kind of only be used like in the background or, you know, like, like she's uh, one of know, she's her... one of rap's most famous like side chicks. Unfortunately, like, yeah. it's one of the yeah. things she's known for, and that's yeah. sad because like... it's one of the things Marilyn Monroe was known for. Exactly, exactly. yeah. Like, she was the Marilyn yeah. Monroe hip hop. You know? Yeah, but she just she used her sexuality in a way that was so powerful that like you could not come for her for any you know and, was, and i know people it did was a strategy. it was yeah uh, you know like men sexualize me so i'm gonna mm-hmm. use that to get me the money that mm-hmm. i deserve exactly yeah right and to get me a place in this industry mm-hmm. um and she did you know it's funny every christmas i, I always release the old navy commercial that her and friend dresser did it's oh my god bizarre what yeah so there's like an old mm-hmm old navy commercial and it featured like six celebrities or something like that but this one had fran drescher and little kim in it and little kim's like rapping about you know like old navy fleece or whatever. it's so major it's always like they release it around christmas time so every year on christmas i always release it I'm like never forget <laughs> 
I love Lil' Kim. I think I think that she ushered in uh like a more feminine sexiness to hip hop. Prior to her it was like, you know, Missy, the brat, MC Light, um Queen Latifah. It was about being very aggressive and she made it okay to wear marabou and ostrich and leather and like mm-hmm. bikinis and you know just be sexy and yeah. and even take that to an even campier level you know absolutely so. i mean and, and she the fact that she could, took control over how she was being sexualized yeah. i think really is what kind of you know in addition to her music made yeah. such an impact because yeah. that's not typically how it goes no you, you know it's you like don't rap about yeah getting your pussy eaten in like no. the mid 90s you know yeah. but women women don't like, like women don't like having sex women don't like any yeah, of that exactly. you know like that's yeah. the thing it's like you know women are always like i have a headache i did you know it's like yeah. ew like that's Damn what yeah that's what is is kind of um put out there which it's like which is funny because my brother, you know, I remember being like so obsessed with her and I had an uncle and a brother like, oh, you shouldn't be listening to her. She's, you know, she makes women look bad. She's a whore. And meanwhile, I'm like, I don't know. She's kind of amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't know a lot. Like I knew what the lyrics were and I knew obviously knew what she was talking about, but I didn't. I had no relation to it as a, a young boy. I just, you know, idolized this person for being super over the top, you know. Yeah. So Little Kim is definitely one of my like biggest inspirations alongside mm-hmm. like Pamela Anderson who's another one like oh. so. and Pamela Anderson is like one of those celebrities like if I ever saw her in person I would like lose my shit like mm-hmm. I don't have that for anybody but if I was I think if I was to see Pamela which it's funny because she's everywhere people have seen her like all over fashion week uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I just haven't been in the same room with her at the same time yeah so does that mean that you do want to meet her I do want to meet her okay yes. yeah She's interesting. She is. She's also one of those people who was like a sex symbol and rose to fame just by being, you know, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she was. She was kind of this quintessentially like, you know, what it like when you know when you think of like American beauty, mm-hmm. like blonde hair running on a beach. Yeah. You know, blah blah blah. And again, like growing up in a mostly like POC neighborhood, there mm-hmm. weren't women who looked like that in my my neighborhood so right. it was like it just seemed somewhere like a far reach to, to meet someone like that yeah um and then you know i found out like she's vegan and does all these really wonderful things for animals mm-hmm. and is also a feminist and um yeah she's just kind of amazing i so. yeah i think she's great i love that that she became like you said this kind of like you know the like the american yeah. woman in a way but she's canadian <laughs> yeah which is like yeah she's from vancouver yeah, yeah. i didn't know that. and like she's yeah. super like um oh my god i forget what it was there was this like mini documentary about her or something uh-huh. I, they did like a profile on her yeah and she loves to like keep house yeah like she loves shabby chic and like she goes antiquing yeah. and if she's not doing something like a you know a public like appearance yeah. she doesn't have any makeup on like she's super um, she takes care of her skin yeah, yeah she's just a regular girl you know, like she is, yeah. She's super simple and like spends times with times with her two uh And she's she's sons. one of those people who like is an icon and, and knows that she's an icon. Mm-hmm. You know, without needing to be, you know, she's never gonna be nominated for an Oscar, but you never know. Yeah, I mean you never know. Monique, stranger things Monique, have happened. you know, won an Oscar and she was on, you know, a daytime mm-hmm. you know, like a sitcom, I guess. Yeah. It? Yes. Um so you never know, but I don't I don't foresee Pamela winning an Oscar in the <laughs> in the future. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll make a barbed wire reboot. Ooh. Oh my god! 
I love that TV show she had in the, the late. Oh my god! I have I have so like two seasons of it on good. DVD. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't even have a DVD player. Oh my god! With the boat, like they. Yeah. Yeah, they had this like it was like Night Rider, but in the water. Yeah. Like really? yeah, they had this like it was like her and four girls, uh, and they like you know did like a crime. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always so over the top, and and they always fought crime in like clear like stripper shoes mm-hmm. and fully done up. Yeah, but it was it was yeah. Well, you have to make time for that if you're gonna fight crime. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. You know, like and actually, um, Little Kim was on one episode. <gasps> oh my god, the connections. Oh. Yeah, she's everywhere. I love yeah. her. <laughs> so well, let's take a break real quick. Okay. okay, and then when we come back, let's talk about your uh your drag origins. Okay. Um. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. And we're back. Uh, Reefy's still here with us. And we're going to talk about your drag origins. So from Lil' Kim to Pamela Anderson as a, a boy growing up in Jersey City. Mm-hmm. How, how did you become interested in drag and how did that become a part of your life? The first time I... I mean, so there's obviously that like really like... Uh, that thing that queens have in common. Are, are you a pride queen or a Halloween queen? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. You, because like most people say that they started drag on one or the other. Yeah, exactly. Like pride or Halloween. Okay. Um, And I started mine on Halloween. I dressed up in this like horrible pink wig that my cousin had from like a previous costume. It was bad. <laughs> I wasn't even out then. And so people asked me why I was dressed this way. I was like, oh, it's Halloween. It was like, it was my opportunity to be like, you know, feminine or whatever mm-hmm. without needing c- to commit to being like i'm gay mm-hmm. right um and and so i was like oh i'm gonna be like a hooker like that's my costume so i had these like silver shoes that i bought at a housing works which fit and they were platform and it's like pink dress and i remember i didn't own a bra so i took a really tight white tank top and stuffed it with socks and so you, you can see the white tank it was a pink spaghetti strap dress so you can see the white tank top underneath oh. i was way ahead of my time you know it was very fashion to, oh my god you know, layering to, layering mm-hmm. yes and you put you know you put something sporty underneath something feminine yeah um and i bought these <laughs> oh my like, god. i bought these like they're if i've ever seen a drag starter kit lash in my life it was this lash it was like a pink lash oh my god um which that's never good no right you know you have black eyelashes or even brown eyelashes and you put mm-hmm. on these like pink lash anyway did yeah. they have like uh like little mylar in them no they were just all pink oh. i got them from ricky's and that was i was like that was like 14 years ago and my makeup was horrible and i wore like mardi gras beads and this like <laughs> cheetah vintage <laughs> purse um and where'd you go we, I was living in Jersey City, so I was by the path train. So a bunch of us went to the parade, like the Halloween parade. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And then that was like my senior year of high school. And I'd come out shortly after that. that so that was in October. Halloween was in October. I came out in like the early spring of that year. And, and I didn't really do drag again until Pride after that. And I had someone paint me. I was like painted. 
Um, this guy did like makeup for like cheerleaders and a friend of mine like knew him Uh and so he like legit worked on sets and things like that so he painted me I went to the garment district and bought some purple sequin fabric and like made a bikini top and like a little cape and tied some strings around my sandals so it looked like Jesus sandals but with like the magic fabric you know whatever and I had like I had long hair at this time and I had uh cornrows so he Mm -hmm. he weaved in uh, black and purple mohawk. So I, it was a commitment. So I had to keep it in for like a week because it was like oh sewn, it was sewn into my scalp. Yeah. So I, you know, I was fine. I was super like gay. I worked at the mall at that time. So I worked at like Aldo Accessories. Oh, I was the only boy. Oh all the girls there were always done up. So whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and I remember one of the, like, that was one of the moments in my drag career that I will always, always remember because. We had started in a parade. Me and my friend walked in a parade. We were both kind of starting and exploring with drag at that time. And this was like uh, 10, no, maybe like 12 years ago. Um, And I went to Esquilita because they were having a pride party that night. And one of the drag performers that I looked up to, who was a trans woman, um, who was one of the breakout, like, you know, one of the biggest performers at Esquilita. She was one of the biggest Mm -hmm. names there. Her name I shall not name, but... um, but she is a family to one of the drag race girls. Uh, she is like her drag mom. But anyway, that's neither here I nor th- there. I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, and I went, I went backstage, and I remember this is going to ask us a lot. So. Yeah, this is one of my first times going backstage. So I mm-hmm. was like, someone brought me back there. They're like, oh my god, your look is amazing. They have to see you. Mm-hmm. And I had a mustache at this time because I'd always been a bit more andro with mm-hmm. drag. You know, yeah, my, right. my reference for that that day was like Prince. So I was like black and purple, and oh, like work. you know, um, I had a little mustache which I even like combed down with like a little like eyebrow wand. Uh-huh. Um, but the makeup was done and I went backstage to see the Queens who had already known me. We'd like, you know, I'd gone to see the shows all the time. We'd Mm -hmm. occasionally go out to diners or whatever after. Uh So I went backstage and she looked at me and this is someone that I looked up to and she looked me up and down and she was like, oh, you look great. I just want you to know that this isn't drag though. (gasps) And I knew exactly what she meant. It's because I had a mustache Mm -hmm. Uh that she thought that it wasn't drag. And I remember feeling like that was kind of like a backhanded compliment. Yes. You know, because mm-hmm. first of all, maybe I don't think it's drag. I never was like, oh, I'm in drag. Like, I never went back there and be like, I'm mm-hmm. in drag. I just went like, oh, my God. Hey, happy pride. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Do you know what I mean? But she looked me up and down and was like, oh, you look great, but it isn't drag. And right. and I didn't realize at that time. But like, you know, she was a trans woman and, you know, she was extra feminine, you know, mm-hmm. because I knew some of the trans women who worked at Esquilita and a lot of them actually didn't identify as trans women but had surgery right a lot of them had like breast implants and and Mm. i was confused as a young like gay person like i don't get it and and one of the queens there explained to me that she had gotten breast implants to be more passable in drag but that when she would retire from drag she would take her implants out right and live her life not as a woman but i guess as as whatever gender she was assigned at birth anyway Mm -hmm. right um so apparently like, that's very that's like a very common thing in like the pageant. Yeah, she was system. a pageant queen, yeah. and yeah. she you know she took hormones and mm-hmm. she had a lot of work done. But you know when I would say she pronouns or whatever when she wasn't in drag, she'd be like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm a man." You know. So I was like, "Okay." So it was always very confusing. So I never yeah. understood that um, until I got older, wow. and then I realized I was like, "Oh, you know, this is like specific for every person. Everyone yeah. has their own journey." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and conversations like that so. just weren't being had yeah, back exactly. then. Like it wasn't like, exactly. Yeah, 
I wasn't, I mean, I was meeting tons of women who I thought were trans, and some of them were trans and are still mm-hmm. living their life as, as women. Um, but yeah, so that moment always sticks out to me that it wasn't drag because I had a mustache. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because that kind of circled back around to me very recently. Because a lot of people don't know that I've been doing drag for about 10 years. I was mm-hmm. going to Suzanne parties in looks. And I wasn't getting paid to be there. Mm-hmm. But that was the very definition of a club kid before you were... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would just turn a look and you would go. Mm-hmm. And from there, photographers would see me and I got cast on like an off-Broadway show that I did in drag. And I would do commercials and like short films and plays and like very performance like based like things that weren't in clubs and bars. Mm-hmm. So I'd been doing drag for a long time and there was a moment where I was like, oh, I'm not going to, like, I just need to take a break from this. And I got hired at the Javits Center for this, like, the LGBT, um, like, gay travel expo. Oh, yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever gotten paid to be in drag at Jacob Javits, lo and behold. It was, like, it was, at, it was there. <laughs> and my friend was like, do you want to represent the P-Town booth? We can pay you, like, 500 bucks for two days. And I was like, I've never been paid to be in drag. I've always done it just recreationally. But I was like, yeah, sure. So I put out two fierce looks that I had and went in drag and... Uh, at this time, I had a huge afro, so I didn't really wear wigs. I just always teased my hair, and it was mm-hmm. bigger. Um, or I wore other colored afros because it was so <laughs> my hair was so big. Yeah. That like putting it under a wig cap was like a mission. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the issue with that Thorgy has with yep. dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. She has to wear big hair. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I always just wore other big colored afros. Right. Um, and that was like eight years ago or nine, not maybe eight years ago that I did that Jacob Javits thing. Um, and then I took a break and then got introduced to nightlife uh, as a go-go dancer mm-hmm. and did drag with a mustache and kind of like shitty makeup, but always showed a lot of body because mm-hmm. I was like, I, f- I was like, how can I make what I'm doing not be busted? Mm-hmm. And I was like, people really enjoy the way that I look when I'm go-go dancing. Mm-hmm. So what if I took that and like femmed it up and like kind of created this idea and people loved it and people were asking me to compete in their contests and booking me for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this was like five years ago. You know, I did Dragnet and Miss Williamsburg and mm-hmm. I was performing all over the city in random bars. I was always like the alternative queen. You know, right. Mm-hmm. And people were waiting for it. I would literally hear the other queens who were in the line of like, take your clothes off, blah, blah, blah. And, I, you know, I would do it for shits and giggles. And right. I still do right. it every now and then. Um, but very recently, like, at Bushwick 2017, I decided to shave. I decided to be, like, more clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Right. And people who had known me for a while started making remarks about how I just started doing drag. Mm, um, my God. Interesting. And, you know, there was that book that was released. Uh, with all the drag queens in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, drags? Drags. Yeah. Yep. And that, and it's funny because the person who, I guess, produced that book saw me at DragCon and gave me the book and was like, I have another project that I want to feature and I'm sorry about what happened last time. And, and I know exactly what he meant because apparently I was considered for that book. Mm-hmm. And I was told the reason why they didn't go with me was because I had just started doing drag. And that was like in last October and I had already been doing drag for like six years prior to that. Um, And people were making like jokes like on their Insta story, like one queen showed up to a gig and she had drawn on a mustache and and someone was like, oh, look, it's Reefy royalty. And then like another queen was like, no, no, Reefy shaped her mustache. She's a drag queen now. And it's like there was all these like comments being made about how I just started doing drag. And what I really wanted to say to these queens is that like I've been doing drag, but what y'all think is me doing now is like you know drag adjacent Mm -hmm. drag race adjacent Mm -hmm. drag right and so what y'all didn't 
consider my drag before is because like I had a mustache and I would never be on drag race with facial hair. Mm -hmm. So now that I've shaved it off, now now I'm doing drag. You're acceptable. But right. y'all were the same yeah. queens who were asking me to compete in your competitions uh -huh. and be, you know, in your lineup of drag queens. Right. But you didn't consider me to be a drag queen because I had facial hair, but you're the same queens talking about inclusivity yeah. and how, you know, women can do drag and trans people can do drag and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But now that it's like I'm on the same level as you, yeah, it's not the same. That's so it, it's so odd so. to hear you say that because I never would have like that wasn't. And I'm sure I speak for both of us. That yeah. wasn't what we ever thought of like when we would see you perform or out yeah. and about. And I think the first time we saw you perform was doing a burlesque number at Stonewall, yeah, as an elf, yeah, I believe. And yeah, that was, was a really long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you 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 know yeah you had a mustache, but it's like drag is drag. Yeah, like, exactly. And and it it was very interesting at at the 2017 Bushwick because we saw you walking around, you know, in this paint and this hair, yeah. and we were, were like, who is that? Because we yeah. had never seen you in that way. Yeah. In in that way, yeah. but when we found out it was you, we were like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. But it never would have occurred to me to say, oh. Reefy's doing drag now. Yeah. Like, that's so insulting to yeah. to put those limits on an art form that is not, that, or at least people claim, is not supposed to have any. You know, it's one of those things that people love to do, and I deal with mm -hmm. it all the time. All the time. Like, in every lineup, I'm mm -hmm. getting, you know, our next performer, he is blah, 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 and he is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, but every other queen is she. Mm -hmm. And it's right. like, and it, and it happens because you don't see me as your equal. Uh huh. And someone explained to me recently, it's, oh, it's because they think you're sexy. And I'm like, okay, but that's also problematic because you're saying that being feminine can't be sexy. Exactly. Being she can't be sexy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you you take away from that. And by saying, oh, he, it allows you to think, oh, okay, I can mm -hmm. be okay with he pronouns being sexy. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just a whole other thing, you know, that I try to educate people on but yeah so anyway that's one of the, the my drag struggles mm -hmm. is like constantly dealing with not being seen as the rest of my mm -hmm. you know community see and i i feel like comments like that come from a place of people feeling threatened yeah because i mean i'm going to say jealousy because i don't even think that that factors in in cases like that yeah. i think it's that because you are talented and you you do looks and things that yeah. other people don't and that are uniquely you. Yeah. Obviously. And I think that people see that and see that you you have the success that you have and yeah. you travel here and you travel there and you know photos of you pop up here there yeah. and everywhere and it's like they're threatened because what you're doing as like alt as it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's it's whatever they want to call it, but the thing yeah. is, it's working. Yeah, and I think that it comes from from people feeling threatened and having you know some sort of like inferiority complex. Yeah, <laughs> about yeah, it. Yeah, because... and it's like it's just like I don't mind proving them wrong, and I don't mind mm -hmm. working harder, which is why I do numbers like I do at Bushwick with the Cinderella numbers mm -hmm. because people like put you in a box and they're like, oh, I thought you were a go-go boy, and I'm like, okay, but guess what? You can like. You can be a drag queen and a DJ, or you can yeah. be mm -hmm. you can be a bottom and eat egg parmesan, eggplant parmesan, yeah. like whatever you want. You can do the sky <laughs> is struggling. Yes. Like, so it's like, why can't I go go and do drag? Mm -hmm. and, but I right. get it. Like there weren't there aren't many people who do that. Even when other go go boys would see me in drag, you know, it was like 
you either did one or the other for a long time in, mm-hmm. in gay nightlife and queer right. nightlife. You right. only you either go good or you did drag mm-hmm. or you bartender or you DJ. And right. you know now we're living in an age where like I know a lot of queens who produce their own parties, who make their own flyers, mm-hmm. make their own mixes, blah blah blah. And then you're like multifaceted. Like there's a drag queen that I work with in Brooklyn who I just found out like works in operating rooms like in hospitals, and she's also a fierce drag queen. It's like wow, you know, damn. you know, you can literally be anything you want yeah. it's like why do I have to like just be one thing mm-hmm. you know and it's like time and time again someone will be like oh you know you're not really right for our show we like you know we like fishy feminine girls you know uh, and I get it like I'm not like when you see me I'm not uh, like fishy or whatever but I also don't think that like I always tell people when they question me about my drag i'm like i'm not a female impersonator i'm a drag queen mm-hmm. right you know and those you know be, doing drag isn't inherently feminine you know what i mean like mm-hmm. when i look at people like trixie or acid betty i'm not thinking is that a woman i can't tell mm-hmm. like no you know that this is a drag queen it's a right. character right yeah you know what i mean it's like it, it's it's well, about the transformation yeah well you know? what i find interesting about these people who are like oh you're doing drag all of a sudden when yeah. you shave your mustache is like okay so it's okay to be a bearded queen yeah and it's okay for you to share a stage with other you know other people that they would consider yeah. like that these critics would consider a drag queen yeah um but for some reason now it's like I, it, it's just it's it's so strange that they would have to quantify the type of performance that yeah. you're doing yeah. based on something physical yeah. mm-hmm. versus just accepting the fact that like you were in this show in this form yeah. and now you're also in this show yeah. in this other form yeah. and it's the same thing. I mean, I'm like, you know, it's like when you see those actors who do these like vastly different roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, nightlife has been that. I've done go-go dancing, I've done burlesque, I've done... Mm-hmm drag I event production blah 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 and it's like they're all different things on my plate that I can enjoy equally and I have enjoyed equally right. and there's no reason why I need to be like oh I can only do one of these things and right. um, and I really um, a lot of the times you know only for the big events do I think my, my aesthetic comes through as alternative like if you catch me at pieces or rise or any of the other like random gigs that I do every now and then or even my Thursday at Narc Bar I'm like you know, vintage dress with shoulder pads mm-hmm. and a pussycat wig and some big earrings. You know, I don't know that, like, you know, I'm that alternative all the time. But mm-hmm. I'm fine with, you know, with that label. It's fine. It just means that you see me differently than you see everyone else. And yeah. that's, that's totally fine. Right. Um, but sometimes I feel like that label can kind of put me in a, in a lane where people are like, oh, we don't know if we should book her. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, too alternative. Yeah. Sometimes it's used as like... Like it, it, like yeah, it can just be a classification. But I feel like, like what you're describing, it's like it's used as a pejorative because yeah, it's right. like, oh, she's alternative. Oh, I don't yeah. know. We don't know how we're gonna do it. And like yeah. we've been to your 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 shows at Narc Bar, and I'm just like, she's fierce. Her mixes are good. Yeah, she can perform. She's nice and kind. Like there are all these things yeah. that I think of first beyond like, is this valid? Yeah, and like, it's like, that's, like, one of the things that we, like, look at constantly. It's, like, and even when I do, like, drag competitions, when I judge drag competitions, I'm, like, mm-hmm. I don't care what gender you are mm-hmm. or what you classify your realm of drag. Just be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Be entertaining. And if you can't be entertaining, at least have a look. Because I'm a look girl. Like, I mm-hmm. love when someone conceptualizes a look. Because it's yeah. honestly, like... A lot of people don't get that, but, like, conceptualizing a look and, like, being very smart about it uh, 
is an, an aesthetic and a talent all in its mm-hmm. own. Right. So if you can't be a great performer, at least give me like a look that's like jaw dropping mm-hmm. when you walk in because that'll give you some points. Yeah, absolutely. Like at least of the, course. At least the bitch looks amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so... If you leave an impact, it, it's on like... On some level. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there are queens who, you know, like you said, they, they come in looks and, and, you know, all of their effort goes into essentially like being like an accessory, like a fixture. Yeah. And I love that concept of like a... Like a person doing themselves up and looking yeah. fabulous, and that is yeah. that's that's the thing because yeah. it's so um, it's like objectification, but in a way yeah. that's like a work of art, you yeah. know. So and that's valid, and performing yeah. is valid, but it's like just do whatever you're doing, yeah. do it as good as you can, but like totally. don't 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 use like oh my eyebrow is like this, yeah. so I'm so much better than them, or I shaved it all off, so I'm much better than them. It's it's so boring. Yeah. To yeah. do that, like I think you know, you know, it's a drag is a business, mm-hmm. and it's but it's also a hobby mm-hmm. and an art form, and we are constantly like looking at what other people are doing and not like how can I make myself more creative? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I make that number more funny? And like you know, to be honest, like there are times when I go to drag shows and I'm like, wow, like drag can be super basic. You're literally just like lip syncing someone else's song. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, yeah, we're among of course. people who are here to see it, but you're yeah. not, you know, it's not rocket science. No, it's not. It's, right. You know, you're not saving lives. You're just making someone feel good <laughs> for that moment in time. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you should be okay with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and also, like, performance isn't for everybody. There are queens mm-hmm. who are super introverted who can, like, make these, like, genius looks out of prosthetics or whatever a sewing machine mm-hmm. and they can take a beautiful photo and edit it and beautifully and put it on instagram and I, and I hear a lot of queens like yeah but she can't perform but like okay but she spent hours you know mm-hmm. giving this product no she, maybe she's not great for tv or a stage yeah it doesn't mean that she's not great for other things yeah um it's a visual art it's a visual at the art. end of the day yeah not everyone's good and some honestly some of the girls who do perform i'm like maybe you shouldn't be performing like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i shouldn't perform so that's like, how i feel <laughs> like i love wow. sewing and i love creating the looks for the both of us mm-hmm. and like and th- like honestly like i've performed maybe a handful of times yeah. and it's so like it causes me so much anxiety because yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, I've just made all, like, I've made this dress from scratch. Yeah. We did this, like, accessories and, and the hair and, like, you know, just sitting there for hours and thinking of how, I mean, picking out a fabric can take, like, a week or two, yeah. you know, and, yeah. like, patterns and this. And so by the time I'm done with that, I'm like, oh, fuck, there's a song involved? Like, it's not, yeah. like, that's not where, I mean, I wish I, I had that, like, I guess, yeah. space, yeah. you know? But I'm always... Because I love the looks so much, yeah. it's like I want to do this, or I want to be like you know, like a like an old kind of yeah. It's great to create vintage lady, yeah. or you know these things, and you know, and I, and I love it like when when Robert has an idea for something that 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 he wants to wear is Mary Mary Kono, and she wants <laughs> I know right <laughs> wants something there he they're not there they're not here today. Um, I'm like great, let's like make this happen, you know, but. Yeah, it's true. It's just like there's so many different spots that people can fill and that's okay. Yeah. You know, and it's just um I mean, I don't know at what point it started to shift cuz I I've always seen drag as just something that is fun and yeah. entertaining. Like when I was con- just consuming it and not involved in it in any way, yeah. I didn't think about what the queen looked like or who made her outfit yeah, yeah, yeah. or like is she wearing brand name shoes? Because that's a weird thing now too. Like yeah. queens who are like like 
you can't wear nice shit all the time because it gets no. destroyed. Like also, a drag queen destroys shoes. Who's like buying that on a re- if you're not on a like a a drag race budget? Exactly, and even then, it's like those those, those are photo shoot things. Like you yeah, know, exactly. those are photo shoot things. I have my right. photo shoot like hosting shoot, mm-hmm. you know, and I like need to come out yeah. and like you know MC a show or something. Right. Yeah, and then they like go back into their little yeah. bag, and you're good. Or you just buy some red nail polish, you know, and go on Amazon, and there you have shoes for a photo shoot. Like it's yeah. it's um the the value system has shifted in a way that I think is very unhealthy for the art form for the community yeah. the. I, I I think the 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 role that drag has played in our community for yeah. so long has shifted, and and it's not something I'm terribly happy with. Sometimes. Well, the real tea is, and this is coming from a perspective of having gone to drag shows mm-hmm. pre drag race, mm-hmm. um, is that we didn't know what bad makeup was. Oh. We didn't know what good makeup was. You knew if someone was funny, if mm-hmm. they were pretty. Uh, you might have known what pageants, what titles they held, mm-hmm. but you didn't know. You know. What we know now. No, you know, yeah, there wasn't no, a... no Instagram. Uh-huh. You know, the knowledge has changed. Yeah. Now there's tutorials for everything. Tucking, hair, makeup, everything. So mm-hmm. there's like this pressure to, you know, really go above and beyond uh, a way that you might not normally have, mm-hmm. which is fine. It, I feel like it challenges a lot of girls of course, you know, yeah. to, to do better and, and be more creative, which is great. Um uh, but it isn't cut for everyone. Not everyone is, you yeah. know, made that way. No. And this is why I, I relate a lot to performers like, you know, she's one of my favorite drag performers and is one of the reasons why I still continue to do drag. But Tammy Brown mm-hmm. is kind of in a league of her own when it comes to drag. Mm-hmm. And um, she she literally just is like her own person. And there is no one like her and I feel like I can relate to that because she isn't like trendy, you know, she isn't doing an ombre mm-hmm. brow yep. or wearing a Marcel hair yeah. or, you know, she's not wearing the latest, you know, queer designers that we all kind of recycle, mm-hmm. you know, she's literally just kind of in leggings and like cool hair and like jewelry that has a backstory to yeah. it for her and, um, but it's not relatable to a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people don't identify or don't understand it, why she doesn't want to be anything else. But it's because she enjoys this. Mm-hmm. This is her character. And yeah. it's, it's great. And there are people who love what she does. Yeah. Even if you don't understand it. So, you know, she's one of those people that I would kind of refer back to because she, you know, was on the very first season. So she's Absolutely. been doing it before, before it was what it is now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyway, I love her. Um, we're going to take another break, but before we do that, I just want to circle back to the comment that uh, this queen made to you. Uh-huh. Um, what would your response be to her now? If which, you, which comment? When this queen said, you know, you look great, but oh. this isn't drag. You know, um, I mean, I probably would respond the same way that I would have responded now, which would be like, okay, you know, because <laughs> you can spend all your time educating people about things but I think inevitably people will kind of learn things on their own. And maybe she doesn't even feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, That's you know, possible. she was a pageant queen who, you know, had breast implants and was gorgeous. And, you know, I hate to use that term, but like, you know, passable or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, because I remember bringing straight friends to the show and they were like, I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I have to educate them about like mm-hmm. identity and blah, blah, blah. And that's not okay to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
you know, so maybe she doesn't feel that way anymore. I mean, drag has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's put different kinds of artists on the forefront uh, for a thing that was, you know, for many years was known as men dressing as women. Mm-hmm. And now I think people have changed their perspective, you know. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the other comment that would be made was like, oh, we thought about you for that book, but you were just started doing drag. This is a person who works in the drag scene currently. Um, um, and should know better. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, yeah, it's like educate yourself about the people so, in your industry. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> yeah, and this person's also seen my come up, and I've seen their come up, mm-hmm. so that is where I probably like, really, girl? Yeah, it's funny how colleagues will stand in your way sometimes and just... Yeah, and, you know, I try not to, like... Yeah. You know, I came in this in nightlife as a go-go boy. I was working at a, a cosmetic job. I was working at a makeup job, and the store closed, and they were like, we're going to give you a severance, and, you know, we have a month before we, we close the shop. And I was like, okay. And I hooked up with this DJ. Um, he just met on Grindr. I went to this place. We hooked up, and we, we were talking after. And I told him my situation. He's like, oh, well, I, you know, I DJ and I bartend, and, you know, the, I, I do a night at the cock. Would you want to come and go-go dance? And I was like, me? Go-go dance? Like, <laughs> okay. And I'd never done that before, and I, like, you know, I went to Nasty Pig and got a jock strap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. And, yeah, yeah. And I went and danced and made so much money. And then that was like in January. And I had Coco Dance. Like, everyone was booking me at this point. Like, Frankie Sharp was booking me. And I was getting regular nights at the Eastern Block and the Cock mm-hmm. and Monster. And I was like, you know, the new Go Go Boy in town. I was in a cover of Next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, actually, I kind of just want to do drag. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of came into the game just doing go-go dancing. And now I'm producing my own nights, both in Brooklyn and Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also bringing straight acting to Los Angeles next month Word. at the Standard. Um, That's exciting. So I'm doing things that I didn't think that I had interest in doing, which is mm-hmm. you know, event production and performing. And um, so... Whatever people want to say, they can say, I'm, as long as my bills are paid yep. mm-hmm. and my wigs are sprayed, I'm okay. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about straight acting mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back and it's time to talk about straight acting. Not that kind of straight acting. Mask for mask only. Mask for mask. Um, so straight acting has been going for four years at yeah, this point? Yeah, we celebrated four years uh, uh, in early October. Congratulations on all of the success. Thank you. Yeah, from TNT to Metro, she's mm-hmm. she's uh, going strong, and we're bringing her to Los Angeles soon. And we brought her to uh, Albany for Ice's Vermouth's night. Oh my God. Wow. So, yeah. She's traveling. I mean, it's... 
I think it's important work to. So I've I've seen you describe straight acting as like a an act of trolling people yeah. who are very like hyper masculine. Yeah, like that's really what, cling to that. That's what the intention mm-hmm. was behind yeah. it was to create a name that trolls like. Originally, I was gonna call the party No Femmes. Ah, <laughs> and like, and I was like, oh, I want to call it No Femmes, um, and to just have like, you know, my first lineup that I ever did was like very androgynous. All the queens are very androgynous, and like that was the goal was to get like queens who don't fit the norm of like queendom, you know, like what I would always normally fall under, like mm-hmm. hairy queens, bearded queens, you know, gender non-binary, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that was the goal was to like take these like things that weren't perceived as feminine or, or masculine or whatever didn't fit in their own box and kind of uh, have like a very tongue-in-cheek kind of like wordplay moment. Yeah. Uh, but I landed on straight acting and so that, that's what it was. It's a great name. Yeah. Thank I you. I mean, No Femmes is also a great name. But. No Femmes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because that like year that straight acting happened, there was a, a lot of other parties that were happening and people were reaching out, like promoters were reaching out to me like, hey, we got really inspired by the theme of your party. Do you mind if we... Uh, kind of do a similar vibe so I know there's like there's a party called like mask or mascara for a little bit and like um things with things within that mm-hmm. uh, like grinder dialogue right mm-hmm. right um so yeah I was just getting really fed up with like seeing accounts that were like oh street acting only and blah 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 and like you know having like even me as like very sex positive I would I have in my time invited you know, a hookup over and, and seeing them be visibly and audibly weird about having like drag in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and having them say things like, oh, you're very sexy, but I'm like not into that. And it's like, but you just said it was sexy. So the idea that you had mm-hmm. of me has changed now. Right. Because you know that I wear wigs. Right. Um, and that's a really like deep rooted issue that we have in our community mm-hmm. is because we pick and choose when we want to embrace femininity mm-hmm. and masculinity. Like, you know, someone was just, someone brought up a, a point to me the other day um, about how, you know, most people went to the concert on Tuesday to see Kim Petras, but not Troy Sivan. And Troy Sivan was the headlining mm-hmm. performer. Ah, okay. And how no one really supports gay male vocalists. And I get that, you know, and we don't want to support like men who are successful in our industry you know, unless there, there's a feminine element to it. Right. And then we can embrace that feminine element, but we don't want to fuck it. And we don't think mm-hmm. it's sexy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we can embrace you being a cross-dresser and parading down Pines and Cherry Grove with mm-hmm. your fan and being fabulous and giving us entertainments, but we don't want to fuck you. Right. Yeah. Do you right. know what I mean? It's like, it's all fucked up. It's all, like, mm-hmm. the whole thing is, like, we don't know what we want. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, when Adam Lambert first came out, I really struggled with... Um, I struggled with him being fe- being both, like, v- visibly feminine. Uh-huh. And also, like, I was attracted to him. But yeah. he didn't look like any of the other guys I had been attracted to before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, red flag. And I sort of fought it as hard as I could. Yeah. And now I'm just, like, you know, if I were a high schooler today, yeah. he would be on my wall. Yeah. Like... 
looking as like as faggoty as possible because yeah. I think he's very sexy yeah. and mm-hmm. I accept him in all forms, yeah. not just yeah. when he's when he's presenting as the masculine that I find attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so it's weird. It's weird to hear that about Troy Sivan, though. I didn't. I mean, I don't I follow mean, I've him. Heard that, so. I've heard that there's like an article that got released like years ago, and it might have been about Adam Lambert. I can't remember who it was, but it was about a, like a you know a, a gay male vocalist who said that like he wasn't really appreciated in gay spaces, and I totally understood that because I'm not a huge fan of a lot of gay male vocalists, not because they're gay male vocalists, mm-hmm. but because I'm not a fan of of male vocalist to begin with yep. same yeah same here um, yeah. but but if it, if it's great music it's great music and I'm gonna listen to it of Absolutely. course yeah. but I, I do find that a lot of people in our community don't listen to their music or don't support them because they're gay male vocalists mm-hmm. and like you know I could be doing that but I'm not you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. um, and so liking being entertained by something that's feminine it's because it's like that's out of your reach I'm not feminine I don't identify as being feminine blah 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 I don't know how to wear makeup so I can appreciate this thing that this mm-hmm. person is doing because it's not what I do right yeah. this person is presenting as male and being successful why am I not successful mm-hmm. as this person right yeah. so it's like it's just a whole you know it's back and forth, and it's it's problematic and not addressed often. Right. Um, the way we view... And it's the same thing, you know, with, with women. It's like, you know, I've been to parties in New York that play predominantly female vocals, mm-hmm. but make a fuss about women physical like being physically mm-hmm. in that space right yeah and it's like oh so you can listen to beyonce but if she walked up in here not as beyonce and you had no idea who the fuck she was mm-hmm. you'd have an issue right yeah you know what i mean like right um well, also, and it's like but sorry just to circle back mm-hmm. to the choice of on kim petras thing i think it's interesting that people showed up to a choice of on concert to support kim petras yeah but she has vo- voiced her support for dr luke i think yeah that's that's heartbreaking that yeah. you would pick pick one over the other and it's yeah. like there's a problem here yeah it's uh, it's a whole like i don't even know how to describe it because i was just having this discussion with someone about how like you know kesha came forward and said what happened mm-hmm. but it, the timing of when she did it didn't seem to match the storylines blah, blah blah and i guess that's why you have a case mm-hmm. that's why you go to court i'm not a huge fan of kesha but either way i do think that we should believe her absolutely claims um and I was just talking to a friend of mine who's also a trans woman, made a very valid point about how Kim Petras uh, is probably not going to be a, a, awarded or afforded the same thing as another pop star because she's trans and maybe studios won't want to work with her okay. because she might not be as marketable as, as someone who was born cis or whatever the case is. Okay. And so she jumped on an opportunity that she thought could help Mm-hmm. move her forward and and she's doing it for like the trans community and hopefully mm-hmm. later on she'll voice you know she'll be visibly and vocally open about being trans and like you know that's her prerogative mm-hmm. right right right, um, right but I do think having her in mainstream music is very important for us mm-hmm. uh, especially okay. for trans people so who knows maybe Dr. Luke will be uh, is a catalyst the right word mm-hmm. to like kind of get her where she needs to be um and then she can make a difference so it's it's a tough situation right because it's mm, like you're damned yeah. if you do and you're damned if you don't yeah right and it's like you know i get it what it's like i mean i'm not a trans identified person but i but i have friends who are trans and i know what it's like to be trans and trying to be in pop culture mm-hmm. and be seen as a valid person because right. you are yeah. but not right. everyone understands that you know i've had arguments with my sister about trans identity and having to educate her about it right um so yeah we do need 
uh, a pop star that's also a trans woman mm-hmm. who's also very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, so, and when when and the... her like new like Halloween like jump off is so good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm it... not into pop music, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, what I was gonna say is well, I mean, what you're saying is very valid because it's like you know, so the whole like you said the the damned if you do and damned if you don't yeah. because it's like well, if you don't take the opportunity and then you tell people that you didn't take it and it's like, well, why didn't you do that, right? Yeah. So integrity. Yeah. If You know, I mean, I don't think that's what it is at all, but it's yeah. like... But correct me if I'm wrong, I knew who she was before, I think yeah. before she worked mm-hmm. with Dr. Luke. Yeah. yeah. But, so, but, but, but the thing is that it's like, you know, it all comes back to like cis privilege. Yeah. And, you know, um, and like certain things are afforded to people because of how they identify or how they were born or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's like sometimes when you are a marginalized person, yeah, you need to jump on the opportunity as it presents itself. Yeah. And then you work, you know, from there. Yeah. <laughs> like you deal with it later because Yeah, and I hope that yeah. like as you progress in your career that you make the right decision and, and you mm-hmm. and you and you make right for whatever happens. Yeah, um, right. You know, like I know queens who've worked in venues who are those venues shall not be named. That I know, I know queens who've worked for certain venues that are, uh, you know, racist or mm-hmm. have made racist remarks. And I know that those queens can't leave those jobs because they literally need to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that they feel horrible about staying there, but until another opportunity arises, they have to like deal with it because they need to pay the rent. And yeah. I get that. I've been in that situation. Like, fuck, I need to pay my rent. I really don't want to work for this person. Mm-hmm. But like, if I don't, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. Yeah, exactly. Or put food on a table. Mm-hmm. But best believe the moment that a better opportunity comes along, I'm like, fuck you, peace out. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Circling back to straight acting, I'm wondering if there was any, if there was ever any pushback based on the, um, like your, uh, your initial idea for the party of it being like uh, inclusive of all gender identities. No, because it, I got pitched uh, the night at... TNT in Brooklyn. Okay. So they TNT reached out and was like, would you like to produce a party here? And I knew exactly what kind of party I wanted to produce because that's the kind of party that I already had in mind. Right. Was a party where all these boys who you see on Pines and blah, 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 who would probably use that kind of dialogue would come out and like embrace being feminine. Yes. And dressing up, even if it's just for the night, but they can be introduced to something else besides their norm. Or maybe they want to dress like this, but they don't have friends that they can do it with because, you know, femme shaming. Right. Um, so I just wanted to create a, that kind of space, but also create a space for like young kids who wanted to do drag and didn't know how to do it well. And, you know, I was like, great, this is the place where you can come with oatmeal eyebrows and like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, a meaty tuck or whatever. This is where you can kind of go and be like, we're like, you're welcome here. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the non drag drag show. Yeah. Right. Um, although it's definitely changed now, now that we've got like, you know, <laughs> like awards and shit, but <laughs> uh, so it's, it's definitely three changed. years, three years in a row that you won. Uh, uh, we won a, a glam award for best uh, bar night. We've won a Brooklyn nightlife award for best burlesque show, which is not a burlesque show, but an award is an award. We've won best, <laughs> right. we've won best drag night. Um, it's been featured in Huffington Post, mm-hmm. um, Paper Magazine, uh, Time Out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been, it's done well. And I've never, you know, I just wanted to throw a little party, um, you know, just to make a gig and to provide other gigs for other queens mm-hmm. and other performers. And uh, I always try to make my lineup very diverse. You know, I've had Mr. Wallace and, and burlesque performers and rappers and like, you know, um, 
performers that anywhere across the spectrum like mm -hmm. you know I've had Macy Rahman who did two like live vocal numbers and then I've had like Darlinda just Darlinda who did like a burlesque number and mm -hmm. um, I actually had David Cerati who was like part of the straight acting family who um, did a number as kind of like a Hasidic Jewish like rabbi it was like a burlesque number and he's actually I think ex-Hasidic Jewish if I'm mistaken but and he has and a listener of the show yeah and he, ha <laughs> and he has pay yeah. us and the whole yeah. thing and so we've literally had performers from across the spectrum bearded queens and like mm -hmm. and that's what I've always wanted to create every performer I feel like should offer something different yeah. and one of the things that I've strived to do and it's still the thing that I do now I will never uh not welcome someone but i always give the spots to seasoned performers mm -hmm. ah, okay. people who've been around for a while right. you know because i have tons of new performers who are like oh i really want to perform i mean you know i've been you know i very seldom give them that spot because i want you know i want when you come to straight acting i you know it, it could be you could watch any drag show any night of the week this is new york city and there's mm -hmm. like literally any bar in chelsea or hell's kitchen or brooklyn even astoria will have a drag mm -hmm. show right and i want this one to just kind of be something memorable for you mm -hmm. it's once a month you know you waited all month for it and so every performer should be really impactful in yeah. seasons um right. so I, you know i always tell those performers like go perform for a little bit and come back when mm -hmm. like you're like ready to give it your all because it's like not an amateur hour i want it to be like some yeah. big we've had really big names on mm -hmm. our stage and, yeah um and it's not to like sound snooty i just mm -hmm. like you know for an audience perspective i want the audience to be like wow that was a really great show yeah do you know what i mean you want to give quality Absolutely. i want to give quality you know, see so. and, and and i think that you you telling performers that is so important because i mean i mean like you know us having consumed as much drag as we have and, yeah. and gone to so many different types of shows yeah. you know it's like you can tell when a girl is new yeah. or a performer is new yeah. and and the, and it's it's interesting to see them yeah. do that but then there are these shows sometimes where there are more seasoned performers next to people who've just started yeah, yeah. and then the dynamic is kind of it like changes. you know yeah. and even having been part of shows like that like myself where I'm like I don't know why like Ari Kiki right has asked us to do her invasions I think two Love or three her. times now yeah and she has like I don't like she does so many numbers and it her when she does her like 20 numbers like 20 numbers yeah. and those are just her numbers yeah so <laughs> you know and then she'll have like 15 queens and some of these girls are have been performing for so long and then she's like here here's like money for your number I'm like no 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 like I don't don't give me that like yeah. no no I like you just want us to do this so I'll do it but then I'm like seeing how other girls are performing and I'm like I don't deserve to be up there on the Stonewall stage. Like, no. You know, and so so that's how I feel about it. And then there are girls who just feel like they're entitled to, like, a spot or this entitled and that. Queen. <laughs> right? <Entitled queen>. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be... Uh, like her cousin. I mean, oh my God. There, there are a lot of them out there. I told her that I would be her, uh, like... You know, what's the Kristen Wiig's character in SNL with the small hands? The sisters. I was like, I want to be like that for you. Untitled, but I'm called Untalented Queen. <laughs> that would be amazing. That yeah. should be a Bushwick performance. Yeah, like Untitled is like the really polished one. And mm -hmm. I'm like coming along like... <laughs> right? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like you have to go out there and, you know, because of Drag Race and the proliferation of like, like, you know, tutorials and this and that yeah. and the other, it's like 
again, like, I can put on a face and it's okay, but I'm not going to perform like, you know, like somebody who's been doing this as their bread and butter for X number yeah, of yeah, years, yeah. you know? And so, like, that's where it's, like, you shouldn't undercut girls. You shouldn't, you know, try and, like... Like, there is a pecking order. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the day, this is a profession. It's an art form. And, like, yeah. you it's have to... It's a gig. Know. You have to work at it. And there is professionalism. It's not... It's not the fucking bullshit shade and, and stuff that you see on TV. Like, that's manufactured. Wait, was, and... that, sh- was that shade about a certain shade? Huh? Was that shade about a certain show? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Never, ever. Never. Um, but, you know, it's like... it. It At the end of the day, it is about being not even polished but just being like professional yeah you know and i appreciate that you do that because you're making sure that the people who are waiting for your show are getting a product that they've come to expect and straight acting has been around you know nightlife shows don't last very long yeah you know and a certain queen just gave up her six year gig because of a racist bar. Yeah. And he and realizing that this show had been going on for six years and that the bar was not thinking about that and like just, you know, so willing to just let it leave. Oh, but they have sensitivity training now. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, and it's like, sensitivity training is the person who fucking assigned the sensitivity training. It, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, but like, so, so for you to have this show that's going on for four years it's only going to continue by becoming more and more yeah. uh, well-structured. and yeah. it becomes you know, an institution. Exactly. You know. and, and now you're taking an her. And now you're taking her to the West yeah. Coast. Yeah. You know, and that's amazing. That, that yeah. doesn't happen with every nightlife yeah. show. And so you have to be peaky. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I try to make it so that, like, it's, it's just a quality show. It's mm-hmm. different. It's not just lip syncing. It's burlesque. It's performance art. It's whatever. And sometimes I go to shows that you know to bars and I've seen performances I've never seen before. I'm not sure if they're new or if if they've been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. But I'm blown away and I'm like, oh, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to have you at my show. I don't know what the quality or caliber of your. Uh, of your like career is, but I know that right. what you're doing on stage is something that I think you should share on my show, and I love it. And so like come come watch and perform with us, and you know I've yeah I just I just want to create that space for like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of drag shows, and I want I want this one to be like special. It's once a month, and like we just try to create uh, break boundaries or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Halloween is coming up, and we yeah. were wondering if you had any. Um, traditions for celebrating you know do you watch any particular scary movies or watch, other parties um, i watch scream every year me too that's one of my favorite horror yeah. movies um we just watched it last friday actually mm-hmm. which one <laughs> the first one okay yeah. yeah and we went through a lot of we 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 worked very difficult because we don't have actually i think we do have a dvd player but we it was very difficult to find like where we could actually watch it we spent a even, lot of time even like for it for buy it to stream is it on netflix right. I don't even know how we ended up other ones. Like the fourth one, is yeah. On oh, I love the fourth, one. which we will watch oh. eventually. Yeah, but like, there's a lot. But I not mean, the third one was the third yeah, one. Yeah, I. Bad one? The third one had Parker Posey and Jenny McCarthy, so yes. that was the redeemable quality for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you work? Do you watch all four? Or? I watched. Yeah, I was a huge scream. Like I always loved anything that Campbell was in. Yeah. Any issue. Wild Things saw it. Drowning Mona, which was terrible, but she was in it. Watched it. 54. Oh it had Jamie Lee Curtis oh and Bette Midler yes, yes, yes. and like and, Casey and Affleck. 
I know, and doesn't she like she drives off of a yeah like oh that was such a good and movie. and Nev has like a sh- like blonde hair I think mm-hmm. and it, <laughs> it, that was a strange moment for her yeah she was hair, like yeah. whatever I want to mix up my career mm-hmm. did you watch Fifty Four I did okay I made Daniel I watch, watch... The soundtrack as well oh I mean that song uh, is like it's like a two part soundtrack is it really yeah, I, oh told it, I found it like a Salvation Army oh. and it's got like you know. 20 plus like disco tracks on it. It's so great. Yeah. Um, I made Daniel watch it recently because I mentioned the movie to him and he was like, I've never heard of it. I yeah. was like, what? Why? I mean, Nev's part's so small in it, but I love, she's so cunty when she's sitting mm-hmm. in the, like, the VIP area and she's like smoking yeah. in the bar. And... Isn't she also from New Jersey in that movie? Um, yeah. The character is. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's also Canadian. I would think we're Canadians. Oh, right. <laughs> There's a pattern. Yeah. I like Alanis Morissette. Anyone from mm-hmm. Canada, I love. She's great. Not not a huge jump about Avril though. Sorry about that. Oh, unfortunate, yeah. unfortunate about she married that man. <laughs> well, she was okay until she got re- replaced by a robot. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I I didn't realize. So that movie I realized has like it was like they took all of the popular actors from the time and they were like let's just throw them into Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, that's what I loved about the casting from that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, Mike Myers. Um, Selma Hayek, Selma Hayek, Ryan Phillippe, um, Brecken Myers, Brecken Meyer from yeah. Clueless. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. really strange because none of them looked like they were from the seventies. Like that was the because you know sometimes they like cast. There are just people who yeah. have like you know they look like they're from a different yeah, yeah, yeah. like decade. And I'm like, where was Selma Hayek in the seventies? Like she looked like she'd stepped off the set of. Um, she was mildly convincing. She was mildly convincing, but like there was something about her that I'm like, so did you just film Fools Rush in and like yeah. come here? Like the hair, like, you know, yeah. th- there are people sometimes who are so. Um, Character actors. Y- well, yeah. yeah. That are so like recognizable as a specific type of yeah. person. And it's like this movie was full of them. And I, I was gagged watching it because I was like, this is weird. Like none of these actors make sense in this movie, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, and seeing Mike Myers that way was also not something I was prepared for. Yeah. It was I, I, I identify it. with the old lady at the end. Oh, oh my god, that moment. Yeah. Was so I feel like hard. that's me like nowadays with all these like young kids coming up in like nightlife and I'm just like the old lady in the back. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, Hey kids, did you send your music? <laughs> I love Dottie. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was um, so sad. And she was the she played Stan's mother on Will and Grace, Will and Grace yeah. which took me like yeah. I don't know three quarters of the movie to realize that it was a very strange disconnect yeah. for me. Right. But yeah, that um, seems so sad. Yeah, we. So I wanted to start the scary movie thing in September for mm-hmm. some reason this year. I was just really craving it, but we haven't gone back to scary movies. Um, Daniel really wants to watch the new The Haunting TV show. Yeah. What is it called? I don't remember what it's called. But the Haunting yeah. of Hell House. Um, I think. Yeah. And I'm sort of, uh, I don't know. I, I, anyway, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> so, um, okay. We're going to move on to attitude and gratitude. Okay. So the way that this works is you... Talk about something that you have a problem with, and then you talk about something that you're grateful for. Okay. You can participate or not. It's up to you. Okay. Um, so, Daniel, do you want to go first? Or... Sure. Okay. Um, I just want to yell to freedom on this mic. <laughs> <laughs> to freedom! <laughs> so, my attitude goes out to 
I guess like religious Ubers. And like, so last night I was uh, taking an Uber home as I do most days after work. And it was like one of those nights where like you just want to get home and it's a Friday and I can't be in Manhattan anymore. And I get into this Uber and my co-writer was quite loud. But the Uber driver was playing like Caribbean gospel music at like the loudest volume possible. And like, you know what? Normally I don't have a problem with it. Like I've been in Ubers where people have been playing probably religious music of all different cultures, you know, something about, I just have issues with like this type of like Christian pop, but it was very, it was a strange, I don't even know what the, the right words are to describe. But anyway, what bothered me is that like we asked him to, well, I asked him to lower it like several times because yeah. it was just so loud. And and he was like, nope, you know, like your driver has to be comfortable. In fact, he said that to my co-writer because she like was squished all the way back and there were like three of us in the car at this mm-hmm. point. And he even told her, you know, well, like you want your Uber driver comfortable, right? Like I need this space. And then it's like, it was just, it was just so... um Religion has no place in an Uber. Like, it is a public space at the end yeah, of the day. Exactly. And it's like, can you just not, like, I don't, I don't, like, take phone calls in Ubers. I don't watch, like, Instagram live videos. In, like, nothing that makes noise. Yeah. I feel like, you know, every, like, it's a shared space. Anyway, that's what my attitude goes out to. Because it's like, it should just be a, like, a neutral space. Yeah. And if, like, yellow cabs are not allowed to do that, then, like, an Uber shouldn't. Yeah, because like in a in a yellow cab, you're not like the the driver's not supposed to like play music or whatever. If you look at the taxi riders like Bill of Rights posted in the back of oh, every cab, a lot a lot of <laughs> a lot of the livery cabs have that same thing. Yeah, posted but they in still the back, don't. But they still it. they don't listen to it. Um. So. so anyway, that's my attitude. Um. And my gratitude goes out to the Netflix cartoon, uh, Big Mouth, which uh, we just finished watching season two, and I just really enjoy it because it's really it's just so inappropriate but it really captures i think like all the stuff that teens think about yeah during puberty but like you can never really put into words yeah and i don't know how they managed to do it but it's so like even as an adult it's really relatable because i'm like oh my god like you capture like i don't know all that like weird stuff that you feel is like your voice well my voice never changed, so yeah. this, this is what it is. But, you know, it's like all that stuff that happens under your clothes that can be a little disturbing if you're not ready for it. So right. that's what my gratitude goes out to because I think it's really great. And also, we made Jiggly watch an episode or two of it, and uh, she didn't want to laugh, but she finally did. So okay. we cracked her. So I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was a pity laugh? No, she actually, <laughs> she literally, she literally at one point was like, that's funny, but it's like gross funny. And we're like, uh huh, but it's still funny, right? And she's like, well, yeah. and then the second episode, she was just like, she put down her phone, which is a yeah. hard thing for Jiggly to do, and she was just like cackling at like two yeah. in the morning. So that was a. Uh... I'm always on my phone. I'm surprised I've I've kept it. On. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. The it, the only reason I'm off is because it's on the other side of the room. But um, I love I love that show. It was really really entertaining. Um, do you want to, Rufy, do you want to go next or do you want me to go and... You can go next. I'm okay. Thinking, I have a lot of attitude. Oh. Yes. I'm excited. 
Um, my attitude goes out to cowardly trolls. Uh, if you're going to send us an email using the contact us form on our website, please uh, use an email address that we can respond to so that we yeah. can have a dialogue instead yeah. of you just sending us a comment and then, you know, running away like yeah. a coward. Um, so, yeah, um, in the words, I think in the words of Lana Del Rey, um, pull up and say it to my face. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> not, not fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I won't not I won't not fuck you the fuck up or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. I have attitude with uh, this like call out culture that okay. we that we live in currently. I'm all for you know addressing something, but I think oftentimes like we attack without even knowing all the facts and you know okay. and I'm one of those that I'll read the comments like that people are you know on other people's things. I'm like wow like it wasn't even that serious. Like, y'all are really going in on this person and, like, this story was just released, like, 10 minutes ago. You don't even know the facts and you're just mm-hmm. like, you're disgusting, blah, 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 and people just love going in on people and, like, calling them out and, you know, calling them canceled. That's what the kids are saying now. You're canceled. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, no, bitch, you're canceled. Like, you're, you can sit in Iowa or Wyoming all you want in your fucking computer, um, but pull up and say it to my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm just like, I, I listen, I'm oh, all for having an open discussion and addressing some shit. But like, sometimes I think the the call out culture is like beyond a point where like we should be. It's like, all right, it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's just drag or whatever the context is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just take a breath. Yeah. Like, give it a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. I hate. Like, I get it sometimes, like, with they're canceled or whatever, like, sure. And maybe I'm just too old to, like, appreciate But sometimes people, like, say that someone's canceled because they did something that, like, you know, they might have done 10 years ago and a different person now. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, things, people change, like. Yeah. I mean, and the only difference between some of these people and, like, us is that, like, nobody has heard us say these things in public or, you know, it's like problematic. Everybody, like, on a daily basis, I say or think at least one thing. And then I'm like, oh. Oh, hold on. I have to use a different word or a different way of expressing yeah. myself. And that's the thing. It's like teaching yourself and doing better. But if you're jumping on people, I mean, and there are certain things that, you know, I guess could whatever be canceled or. or yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but it's sometimes like, it's like, you know, you didn't even take a time to tell this person that, you know, that that was not OK yeah. or whatever. And we this... need to educate one another. It, yeah. it never ends. You know, it's it's and I know some people are like, well, you know, it's not about me teaching them. And it's like. I get that, and I get how that can be frustrating, being put in that role of, like, you know, teaching them about the struggles of people of color or trans people or, you know, any marginalized group or person. But it's also, like, if you want this person... Like, at the end of the day, this person may or may not be capable of of learning to do better, but we're not going to know that if... If there's, like, just like you said, give it a moment to settle. Yeah. Get all the facts. Yeah. Like, do your research. Stop relying on the, like, instant gratification of the internet. And, like, like, you know, give it a minute. Yeah. Right. That's all. Yeah. I just, I completely agree with that. Um, And I am grateful for the Panda Express that's opened in Hell's Kitchen over the past year or so. Oh, I didn't know that uh, yeah. that Panda Express had come to Hell's Kitchen. It's on Ninth Avenue. Wow. I was going to get the brown rice with the honey shrimp and the orange chicken. Oh, honey shrimp. That sounds I know, so I know. I know y'all are on like some strict Ugh. diet right now, but... 
Oh, I yeah. hope that you treat yourself to some Panda Express. Oh, so. we, I mean, we probably won't, but we'll probably make something <laughs> a, adjacent. I mean, I've yes. never been to a Panda Express, which is kind of crazy. Cause what like, are you even talking about? I've never about? been. Like, I grew up in New York City, so it's like we didn't have, like... It's a very mall. Yeah. Thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, and we definitely had Panda I'm at the mall. We had Panda Yeah, we Express. had one at Newport Mall, yeah. which is where I went. Everywhere, right. anywhere I've ever lived... There's always been a Chinese restaurant, like, or a more, actually, like, yeah. at least on Four Corners by where I've lived. So it's yeah. like... It's different. <laughs> it's so different, different because it's processed. Yeah. It's like pizzeria or Domino's. Like, yeah, I know. There's it's, something about the, pro- the the fakeness of it that makes it so good. It, <laughs> it's true. It looks and tastes Absolutely like, yeah. true. It looks and tastes like yeah. the photo. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You're probably eating portions Cardboard, of the paper. Right? Yeah. It's just like, mmm, this rice is so, so. like... Crunchy, yeah, like paper. I don't know. Wow, I don't know what paper tastes. Can I see this like the paper? <laughs> oh, okay. And just like these like keynotes. Yeah. Ask Griefy about anal. Well, you didn't ask me about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no time like the present. <laughs> Like my favorite thing to do is like talk about anal and prep, which is fine. You know, it's a educational. Of course. And everyone loves anal. Of course. Of course. Of course. And in some in some sense, you know. One way, one way. What other. do you mean in some sense? <laughs> you know, depending on if you're giving or you're receiving. Oh, you know, uh, one way right. or another, well, you, you yeah. Know. I mean, that's right, the right, 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 right. So. <laughs> any hole is a goal. Yeah, um, exactly. Or what's uh, strangest with uh, candy? I'll take the hole and the pole or something. I like the oh hole and God. the pole. Yeah. <laughs> there, just, there are just so many wonderful things that you yeah. can enjoy. So it's funny. I had to uh, MC. Uh, I had to MC a dog show recently. A what? A dog show. Like an amateur drag show or? No, just a dog show. <laughs> like actual canines. It was. Wow. It was for a charity event, and you would have loved it because there's dogs, <gasps> and it was like local. My it was like in Williamsburg, and people from the neighborhood could submit their dogs for these like. Um, superlatives like you know most likely to one of the categories was most likely to be the last one on the dance floor and someone would submit their dog for that and they would come and they would strut their stuff on the runway and anyway the proceeds from it went to a local uh, dog rescue so it's like a drag show for dogs yeah it was a really great um you know, I just had to show up and MC, and I, I did good things. I love dogs. Oh, my God. Listen, we all want to, like, work. There's all million benefits, right? We want to be involved, but we can't always be involved. Of course. But, right, like, right. Know, sometimes those benefits come, and you're like, oh, I really want to be involved in this. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I really want to be involved in this, like, dog event. I mean, I got, I mean, it was a gig, but it was still, it still felt good to me. Yeah. Like, and I love right. dogs. And it's like, but it was just, I guess what I'm circling back to is that it was really weird to MC a room full of, like, dogs and their owners uh-huh. and I was telling my friend the night before I'm like I have this thing tomorrow and I was like I, I can't make like prep jokes or anal jokes or like bottoming jokes because it's like you know these like straight people and their dogs oh my god <laughs> I mean they've all seen their dogs sniff each other's asses yeah so I just kept it very you know PG and you know oh like god. one of the dogs licked my face and I was like that's the most action I'm gonna get all week <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't tripod. And all the owners were like, (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like, there was some kids there. I was like, I don't know, whatever. Oh, mixed company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that brings us to the end of our interview, Reefy. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks for having me. Um, we had so much fun. I had a wonderful time. Oh my god, I'm half asleep right now. It's fine, but my teeth are very clean. Well, that's what matters. Because of my cleaning, (laughs) clean teeth, 
Stay on prep and enjoy anal. And enjoy anal and uh, tip your queens. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you tell the listeners uh, where they can find you on social media and any gigs or projects you have coming up. Uh, catch me every Thursday at Narc Bar at the Standard Hotel in the East Village. Uh, typically shows are at 9.30. And uh, social media, Instagram, Reefy underscore royalty on Twitter. Same thing. And uh, I don't have an OnlyFans, but maybe at some point. It's, <laughs> I, you know, I made a joke that I was just, because every night when I come home from a gig, I go get food, and before it gets cold, I eat it. Mm-hmm. I like, take my shirt off and sit on my bed and eat, but in face. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's going to be my OnlyFans. It's like me eating shirtless and drag face. That'd be amazing, actually. Like post-gig. Uh-huh. Do it. You know, there's a market for that. Oh, start that. Yeah. 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 And maybe I could take requests, like, what do y'all want me to eat today after my gig? Oh, you my know? God. It's totally like a mukbang. Yeah. That'd be amazing. But people are going to make, like, random requests, and I'm not going to be able to find out at 4 a.m., so. Mm. Like, eat, like, you know, rice pudding or something, and, like, Mm-mm. or, like, uh, what's something really specific? Like, filet mignon at 4 a.m., I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Um, so that's where you can find me. Um... I do have Drag Queen merch now. Yeah. On the Drag Queen merch website. So if you're interested in buying my face on your body, and you should have my face on your body. Um, <laughs> yes, go to go to Drag Queen merch and look up Reefy Royalty, and I'll pop up with a, a tank top and a t-shirt. Work. Work. Yeah. Well, we are Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. And you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. So until next time, bye! bye.